your personal brand is two things rather than just one. Most people see it as how people see you, but it also how it overlaps. And the biggest thing that most people miss is how you see yourself. It's the combination of those two that are truly big because most people worry about how they see them, but they don't actually look at how they see themselves. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Mark. And I don't want to be that doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Because we've been talking a lot lately about how the whole iOS thing has some advertisers flying blind. And when you sprinkle on some rising ad costs and supply chain issues, we've got a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. The bad news is that a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. But the good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out of this even stronger. So that's why it's important to focus on what you can control. Sign up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, test. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Hey, everyone. This is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer. And this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Joshua B. Lee, the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn. And we're going to be talking about the human revolution, specifically about chat GPT, as well as some AI and the kind of human versus AI that we're starting to see in marketing. So welcome, Josh. Thanks, Mark, man. I appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation. It's so new, ChatGPT. I say it probably 50% of the time. I mix up the last three characters too. <laughs> I was like, hey, it could be several like, letters. Could we have picked an easier name for everyone to remember? Never. So. Yeah, it's a tech nerd. Some nerd did that. That's what happened. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. I see a lot of marketing. I'm more of the creative for our company. So I'm, of course, seeing the new apps coming out. Lansa, I think that was the one I tried. It's doing a really good job. Just from a Photoshop graphic designer perspective, I'm like, that would have taken me 12 hours. And they did it in 10 seconds. So how are you feeling about AI in general? And then how do you think it's going to impact marketing in the near future? Man, you know, we've been talking about this for so long, Mark. And like you look at apps like Jasper.ai, right? Friends of ours that started here in Austin, Texas. And then you now we got the chat GPT, you got Lens. Like what they're all continuing to be able to do is continuing to try to be as human as possible. I understand people are in marketing. I want to be able to scale. I want to be able to grow. So I've got to have all these automations. As human beings, most of us hate those damn automations that we get. These are all the things I continue to be able to look at. I get it. I understand there are certain aspects to be able to go through, but people forget the you and human, right? Being able to go through. And like you look at Lenza, I saw it all. I was like, I'm going to try this out. And then I started looking into it. And a lot of these apps you look at, I've got to upload 20 different faces of mine. All right. How do you open your iPhone? Most times with your face, right? And like all these other things. I know they're not saving it. This is where some of this information they're taking in on us. I did a post about this the other day. We're getting closer and closer to, and this will this will really gauge our audience here, right? Like Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, being able to go through. Are we giving them and putting so much information in there to be able to go through? Like they, we want that marketing, but most of us don't like to be pitched and spammed and marketed to all the time. Oh, that's how it works. But 
we don't like it in general. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, it's funny because you look at these things like, oh, Jasper's taking over and all you need is chat GPT and that'll do all the work for you. And you're wasting your time if you're trying to do it without this tool. And I yeah. think it's just good marketing of the AI company. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of course, they're going to say it's the best and it's as good as a human and it's all these things and make all these claims. And maybe it does do some of the work. There's just no replacing the human component because right. at the end of the day, we're all super random creatures. Like we will have thoughts that just come out of nowhere constantly. Like literal focus on anything is a big difficult challenge for us. So yeah. to think that some machine can make an algorithm that's going to satisfy everything rather than just amplifying or changing or modifying what we think already is silly. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. Look, we've used Jasper.ai with our company at Standard Authority, and there's great, but I, I still have to have a, a copywriter to be able to go in there and edit and be able to go through and make sure it actually is speaking human rather than what it believes. Because, I mean, speaking conversationally with someone, and most people write at people, they mm. don't write within conversation. And that's how most of our brains understand information is conversationally. So that's one of the bigger things that we have to be able to change too. It's funny we're talking about this because like you and I, were, you're like, oh yeah, let's talk about AI chat and like that. Just last week, all right? And you'll get this because we both have kids. I was sitting down, helping my son. He had to write, like he had read this article on George Washington. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is, there's gotta be a better way because like, you're missing it. And I was like, all right, well, first, let's see exactly what we're, how you're writing, right? I'm like, I'm going to go drop it into, some people use Grammarly. I use Hemingway.app to be able to see the grade level and what actually kind of shows up. And I was like, all right, let's see a little bit. I'm like, I'm not taking this a step far enough. I'm like, we have tools at our hands. Why don't I just drop this into Jasper? And then I can even do it at an eighth grade level. Because he's like, dad, if they see that it's above my grade level, I'm going to get caught. I'm like, it's not about, I'm like using tools. I'm going through this. And my wife, Rachel, walks in. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, dude, I didn't even think about this. This is awesome. And she's like, no, not okay. You can't use all these tools to be able to go in. He needs to learn how to read and write. You cannot go through and allow AI to be able to go in. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just... That what wasn't you, writing it. You were just getting ideas for the essay. It's exactly. a completely different thing. Also, that's the topic is just so painful, but it's a creative process. And I th the creative process that, that I usually talk to other creatives about is lost by most people where it's just like, no, you're just getting the job done. We're never just getting the job done. That's boring. And now we have the justification of a machine could do it. We have to consider that. I actually learned from my son's school they use was the new math method, Singapore math. And so okay. the actual yeah. inventor of Singapore math was at my son's school and he explained why Singapore math works. And it wasn't about this is better than the old way of math. It was about the understanding of Singapore math will give you in math will be useful whether you're using advanced Excel sheets or a calculator or not. Like Singapore math will still be useful. And so then when I understood that, I was like, oh, I love Singapore math. This actually makes a ton of sense and is useful in the modern world. And so the way I see it is that's probably what's going to happen with all AI. That's what I'm hoping. If we actually understand, understand leverage is going to give us insights and be able to hopefully teach the people because you can't just plug and play to be able to go in. People go, oh, we can. People are going to see that. We're educated individuals and especially the people that you're trying to either market, sell, whatever you're doing. Most of us can be able to see it. And I remember when chat first came out, Manny chat and things like that on Facebook, I was like, Dude, I see right through this. Now, the people that are buying, I hate to say it, sometimes they're not educated enough to be able to buy your product in the first place. 
and you're going to get charged back to be able to go through this. So like when we're talking about marketing, I'd rather have that educated audience that's actually educated, inspired, and drawn in to make that purchase mm-hmm. rather than that's tricked into making that purchase. So if we're using AI for the right reasons to be able to educate ourselves and educate our audience, yeah, it can definitely use it. And the same thing with Signature Math. Are we using it in a way that will actually teach us in a useful manner for real world application. I love that point. Going back to that human connection side is I think people's barrier why the AI is so attractive is because they don't want to maybe even think about what they think. So they're just going to default to something that is safe. In that regards, how do you help marketers and your clients? How do you make them express themselves in a genuine way when they're totally not going to be comfortable with that off the bat? Here's the whole thing, right? Like people, we hear this whole content is king all the time, right? But there's so much content out there. Like in this world, like we will sit down on a Friday night and go, dude, there's nothing to watch. There's too much to watch, right? We're overloaded. And it's not content is king is more, it's quality is queen, right? Mm -hmm. What's the quality content that you're kind of putting out there? And so for me, when I look at it, we talk about a couple of different ways, right? Like in my business, I've been looking at this for a long time is based on 20 plus years in the online advertising business. That was, was cool. Like one of my first clients is MySpace. Being able to go back into those worlds and be able to look at, there is really no B2B or B2C, right? Business to business or business to consumer. Those are just ways to diversify ad spend. It's all human to human, right? Every company is run by another human being. Most marketers forget that. So if we're talking to humans and we're being able to go in, we need to understand not the LinkedIn algorithm, not the Facebook, not the Twitter, not the all these other algorithms that shift and change. The biggest one that everyone needs to understand and learn is the human algorithm. The human algorithm is the one that it, once you actually understand that, it evolves slowly over time and it doesn't matter what platform you're on. You're connecting. And as human beings, we make decisions based on some degree of love or hate, right? Mm-hmm. We are emotional beings, right? We do not make a decision based on being indifferent to something or the content or whatever it is. So if you're putting content out there that's indifferent, that it's safe, it's not polarizing, you're not only wasting your time creating it, you're wasting the reader's time. And time is the one resource we can't make more of. Ah, that's such a good point. Because you always think from my perspective, oh, it's taking me this much time to make a post instead of, oh, you're feeding everybody crap. That's even worse than not doing anything. Yeah, it's clogging up the feeds. And now these days, I remember first we get that first email years ago. They're like, oh my God, now it's like, God, how many emails do I have to It's the same thing with a feed. We hear it all the time. Like We spend most of our time helping our clients doing stuff on LinkedIn. Everyone goes, dude, I, I hate all the junk on LinkedIn because that's what they were taught to be able to do. Mm. Right. And so people go, well, I'm this, I'm trying to put a whole bunch of content out there to talk about myself, but that's not how humans interact. They don't want to hear you talk about yourself. They want to be able to relate to you. They want to find commonalities with you. Can an AI really do that? If we pull it back to that aspect, most times I'll give it right. I'm going to give you like, because I have put out so much content over so many years, Mark, apps like Jasper, like I can put in your voice tonality, whatever, like I can put Joshua B. Lee in. And it now can go back and I've got enough content out there for it to write my voice to some extent. But not everyone can do that. So if mm. you're going in there picking Gary V as your voice or Oprah or whatever it is, like, how is that going to relate to your content? When they meet you, they're going to be like, dude, you're a digital marketer. Like you were not one of the biggest events, traveling conversion summits every year. And some of these people, they were on stage and they were different on stage versus off stage. Mm. People are like, who are you? So that's the same thing with the content. 
Ah, that's a great way to put it. Because I think people think of the individual pieces of content are just going to be like, oh, no, they live on their own life and they'll have their own thing going on instead of as a cohesive presentation of who you are. It's your personal brand. And our personal brands start off. Now, my kids don't have social media yet, but I know some people let their kids. I'm going to be honest. Yes, I got them their Facebook names when they were born so I could actually lock those in. But they haven't ever used those accounts and they're 10 and 13 now, we start building our personal brand even before we even realize it on how we're posting content. So how are we showing up not only off online, but offline as well? And it needs to be cohesive across all your content. I love that. So let's just talk about like applications. So somebody's like, okay, I'm ready to be real online. I'm ready to present myself as a online and offline personality. How do they start to define that? Because a lot of people, it's like going out naked. Like that's an extreme thing to do. How could they get in touch with who they are? All right. So there's a couple of different ways to be able to go through it. One, your personal brand is two things rather than just one. Most people see it how people see you, right? But it also what how it overlaps and the biggest thing that most people miss it, how you see yourself. It's the combination of those two that are truly big because most people worry about how they see them, but they don't actually look at how they see themselves, right? And being able to combine those two is very important to be able to dig into. And so you have to be able to go through and be able to tell those stories. How do you relate who you are? What do you do, right? Like online, most people just talk about their wins, but I'm, I wish I could say that I'm winning at a hundred percent rate, but it's not that case. And we're real human beings. We have our ups and downs. And so when we're creating content as well online, like even before we get to content, Mark, I'm like, dude, if it's LinkedIn, I'm going to tell you right now. If you build a lighthouse for everyone to be able to come and find you and look at you and you haven't been that, built that foundation, right, which is your profile, being able to not just put a resume up there, but to actually tell your career journey, your life story, mm-hmm. and to be able to allow people to be able to connect with you in that human element. I look at it this way. You have to be able to have that profile because that's how people relate before they even get to what, if they want to be able to talk with you, be able to connect with you. So taking the time to be able to do that, it's it's funny because I look at it this way. Like, how do you actually get from the door to the couch? If I was knocking on your door and I don't know about your neighborhood, once a week, I have someone that knocks on our door and they're like, hey, we've talked to your neighbors down the street and we're doing their windows and we're doing this special. If you sign up right now, I'm like, no, thank you. I'm on a call. Like we're closing the door. But Dude, if you and I were hanging out on the couch because we had some kind of personal connection out there and you're like, man, dude, I just got these awesome windows from my house. It's mm. crazy what I got. I'm listening. You don't have to sell me on it. I'm probably like, dude, right. Please tell me. <laughs> yeah. What's up? What's up with your windows? Tell me more. And so that's that difference, right? The Being that commonality. So that's where we have to be able to start building out your profile. One, right? How do you actually shine and how do you show up? Understanding that aspect. And then two, when you're creating content for me, it's the 10, 20, 70 method of content. A lot of people look at 80, 20, right? Being able to go through, we've talked about these different things. The 10, 20, 70 of content, I think this allows people to be able to show up more as their authentic self, but they're not making it about them, but they it is about them. 10% of your content needs to be personal, right? You need to be able to have that human element, right? Human beings connect with other human beings. We look for commonalities. Hey, this is why you and I are on a podcast, right? Because again, we have commonality friends, common backgrounds, being able to go through. So it's not like Facebook. And I'm referring to LinkedIn because I spend so much time on there. But I mean, like for me, 10% of your content needs to be about you being able to have those commonalities. Like they don't always need to know when your kids are going to school, but they need to know you have kids, right? Like you and I connect a lot as dads. Mm. And so 
10% of your content share that personal touch, right? Are you a dad? Do you like rock climbing? Do you do this in your personal life, right? We're not talking about your entire life. I don't need to know how naked you are doing this, right? <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> 20% of your content should be around your company, but not how you can help someone, but how you helped someone, Ooh, right? Like it's that. a huge difference because most people are like, I can help you make it seven figures, or I can help you lose weight like you, with your background in the, in the fitness aspect and like that. But no one cares. Don't tell me how you can. Like, show me how you've helped someone lose 100 pounds. Show me how you've helped someone make seven figures because now I can go, oh, I can see myself in that story. And we only do this 20% of the time too because we never want to be that person in the room. We're all at TNC and we're like, oh, dude, there's that Josh dude again. God, he never shuts up about LinkedIn. We don't want to be that person, especially online. So 20% of the time, only talk about your, your company. Don't make it more than that. Most people are talking about themselves all the time. It gets exhausting. And the last piece of it too, which allows you to be able to show up and it shows, allows you really to be able to connect with the right audience and educate and inspire them rather than sell them is being an aggregator of value, right? If you're educating, you're listening, everyone here listening to your podcast, Mark, should not only be just taking it for themselves and understanding it, but taking it, digesting it and sharing their perspective on what they've learned and being able to go through. We're constant learners. So why not be those educators, right? So 70% of your content should educate your audience. And if you do that, you become a destination website that people will go to every single day to be able to educate themselves enough. And once they're educated enough, guess what they do? They go, oh man, I have an issue. I probably should go to Mark or Josh or whoever for the solution because you were that person. I gave a couple of different things right there from profile to, to content to the personal brand. It's not just one thing. That was a... You know, fantastic synopsis, because I think a lot of times it's easy to be like, oh, well, it should be mostly personal, like share about yourself, make people connect with your hobbies and your lifestyle and whatnot. Yeah. And then you have the other people who are like evidence, show the evidence, show that you can make this happen. And then other people are educational. But I like the 10, 20, 70 split because it's it's enough because a lot of people don't like sharing anything personal about themselves. And then That's you're hard. like, it's uncomfortable. A lot of times if you're not used to doing that, and if you're embody, say a corporate professional, then you're like, no, this is who I am. This is how I yeah. present it because this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And then they all go evidence-based or just talk yeah. about case studies or whatnot. It's not easy for anyone. I just went through and for an article I'm writing, it was like, oh, what am I grateful for? What am I want to celebrate for the last mm -hmm. year? Man, I'm going to be honest. It took me four different times trying to record it to think of the successes that I wanted to celebrate to the world that happened in my life, not only professionally, but personally. I'd start and I'd be like, ah, no, how do I? And it's just not easy for the average human being to be able to do that. But it's good for us to be able to share and maybe be proud of the moments within our life and be able to let other people know what we feel as success. So that was a fantastic post because I saw it. And then I did a podcast about it because I was like, that was a good thing about gratitude. And I need to do that too. <laughs> but no, it's awesome how the information could flow. Because I think a lot of people, when they look at somebody like you and they look at your profile, they're like, oh, Josh has it all figured out. He probably is 90 days ahead and he's planned everything. He's used his 10, 20, 70 rule and it's all perfect. And versus what it probably is, which is a mix between sporadic inspiration. And that's what you post about and the plan which yeah. is oh, yeah. keeps you on track. Or that's how and a it. good team. I'm going to be honest. I, I, no, I, team. Yeah. <laughs> can't be the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn without an amazing 20 years of entrepreneurship. Hell, that taught me the biggest thing. If I try and do everything all myself and wear every single hat and have that grip this tight, I'm just going to be the biggest thing slowing me down. Oh, that's an even better point.
If you're still using legacy cloud storage like Dropbox or Google Drive or expensive, unintuitive digital asset management tools to store your images and videos, listen up. While those are fine for teams who just need to store docs and sheets, they are terribly inefficient for marketing teams needing to organize, share, and collaborate on visual assets. Air's intuitive UI is purpose-built for visual assets. Automatic content tagging and powerful filters mean you don't even have to remember folder or file names. As long as you know what's in an image, you can find it in seconds. Modern marketing teams, including those at Google, Sweetgreen, The Infatuation, and Pattern have saved up to 10 hours per person per week by switching to Air. Air is the leading platform for marketing teams to manage and automate their creative operations. Learn more at air.inc slash digital marketer. That's A-I-R dot I-N-C slash digital marketer. Because I think it's easy to also say, oh, you're just amazing. And that's how you're able to do all this stuff rather than, no, you're amazing at people. And so you know how to utilize people to help you do the stuff, that's right. which is a... Another fantastic point. So in terms of, say, people with the content, because content's always difficult for people. I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to post about. I don't have pictures. I'm not good on video, so on and so forth. Do you have like a warm-up plan for people who have never done any content on, say, LinkedIn to get started with it? Look, just start, right? And that's the biggest thing. Like with LinkedIn too, you want to have three lines of content. How can you actually just just go through and look in your everyday life? We forget, especially if you're an entrepreneur, there's things that we take for granted, right? Because we look at it every single day that we don't realize if you show someone, dude, I remember one time I was at an event and this person got up there and this is a couple of years back, but they were like, I'm going to teach you the power of a digital signature. I'm like, if people are writing it down, eating it up, I'm like, and you're like, what? Dude, did we just go back like 20 years? I'm like, what, what's going on here? But I forget, right? I'm inside the box. And we all forget that, right? We forget how much value it is. I look at it as everyone in this world, like if you could share how you got to where you are, even if you're the manager of McDonald's, you were like, hey, you know what? I'm going to, for $1, I'm going to be able to show you exactly how I got to where I was. Think if you just got a half a percent of the population to pay you that $1, you're a millionaire. Yeah. And I guarantee you that many people are not at that level and would love to be where you're at. But we go and we look at it and go, oh, I'm only here. I've only done this. Mm. And we forget that Dude, I wouldn't be here because of all those different things. I wouldn't go through. So think about that content, what's going through. And content-wise, look, you have this powerful, amazing thing in front of you called your phone. Most of us are consuming content. But dude, the cameras, the audio, everything. And like I was telling you, like <laughs> I'm using now with my MacBook. It's got the auto connect from my iPhone. And it's got an amazing camera. I'm like, dude, this upgraded my entire setup. I'm used to using my phone. And so those are those things you can go through and be able to share. And if it's on LinkedIn, video is not super powerful right now on there. But dude, I'd rather you be sharing something than nothing. You can't just go and go, I'm just going to share one post a week or one post a month. You want to be doing at least two to three times a week and just put something out that they go through white paper, right? Go through Canvas out there. There's so many tools that are out there right now. I don't want someone to overthink it. It's better to get started because... In this world, we have social media. When I started my company, I have it, it wasn't as easy to be able to go in and just ask the world, hey, what do you think? And now I can go out there and I can A, B, split test, all these other things for free with social media and be able to understand exactly what the audience wants. Do a poll, right? Mm. Polls are huge to be able to do. You do on Instagram, all these different aspects. 
and people will tell you exactly what they want to hear about and why. Yeah, they always seem so obvious tips. And but I love how you mentioned that about as you become more of a professional, you start disconnecting from your target audience because now you're up here and their knowledge level is down here. And it's easy to forget about that gap between the two. And then you're like, of course, they know about this obvious thing that I've done for 20 years. And it's like, nope, they don't. (laughs) Here's how to make a video with your phone. With everything on chat GPT, right? Like you and I were talking about, we're like, but like, dude, that guarantee there's probably people listening to podcasts. Like, oh, dude, I haven't heard about it yet. Even though it seems like it's everywhere mm. because of the people that are in our feeds, because you and I surround ourselves with a lot of people in that space. So like, that's why we see it. But there might be people that in this world, but guarantee you, my mom, I said that to her. She'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't even, I can, can't conceptualize of what the tool is. Start small, start easy, everything. Go through, like, this is how I tie my shoes. And people are like, dude, awesome. It's crazy when you go through and think about that. Now I want to be able to do a video and just be like, oh, this is how you tie a shoe and just see how many people are like, wow, that was cool. Like, wait, I didn't know. <laughs> it get, does get past the fact that this is just adding content. And that's what I want everyone to understand. It's like, I'm just joking around about just putting out content for content's sake. I, again, when I talk about Content isn't king anymore. Quality is queen. I want to bring that back is if it doesn't spark emotion in you, why is it going to spark an emotion in somebody else? And if we are emotional beings making decisions emotionally, if you're going to put out content on there, if it doesn't make you smile, make you mad, make you cry when you're putting it out there, make you scared to put it out there. And you're just, you're wasting your time and you're wasting the people potentially that would read its time. So don't even go to that point. Think about how, and I, I ask my writers as we work with everyone, I look at myself like, what am I feeling when I write this? It's hmm. nothing. I probably need to stop and reset. No, and I, I think just circling back to our whole start with the AI discussion is if you think you could build your personal brand using nothing but AI tools and it's just going to write everything for you and that's going to somehow connect with an audience that you obviously don't care about, then you're probably going to be disappointed and you're going to circle back to what we're talking about now, which is just being a genuine human who has given some thought to content and posted it and then engaged with it. Save the AI for when you are professional enough to appreciate and use it properly, maybe. And Mark, I'll just throw this in there, brother. You and I could probably, as we already know, we could talk for hours going (laughs) through this stuff. But I want everyone to think about this as well is when you're going through are you just creating content for sales? If that's all you're trying to be able to do, that's exhausting and it's just a one-to-one relationship going through there. What we do is we look for our clients and being able to go through it. I push everyone to really go through and try to build advocates first and allow the byproduct to become clients because an advocate is so much more powerful than a client. Mm-hmm. So when you're we're creating the content, what's going to be able to make the people either love or hate you, right? Be able to go through it will create advocacy because one advocate can bring you a hundred clients and that's so much more powerful. So think about that as you continue to, I guarantee you a chatbot's not going to make you advocates because they're just going through and they're giving stats and details and statistics and all this other kind of stuff like that. The genuine human emotion of how we feel, how we write, how we connect is going to be lost, at least in, in today's age. Oh, yeah. It'll get worse if people start thinking that the AI could do being a human for you because it just can't. And, you know, what makes the AI work is the humanness that you've already shown. So, you know, if you're really going to be serious about using that tool, even you have to go through even more in-depth process of being genuine to train the thing how to do it properly. So either way, be human, connect with people, 
And there's no cheat for that aspect of life. <laughs> that's just like I say all the time, man, just do the things that your mother taught you how to be able to do online. That's what I do, right? I'm not trying to be able to do something different. I'm just I'm doing the things that my mom taught me how to be able to treat other human beings, mm. just doing it online, right? We forget about that. I don't see these people, but they are human beings. And once you start understanding that, you'll start really creating massive opportunity that's drawn to you rather than you always having to go out and find it. That's a fantastic point. And for me, just personally, like when I went through my whole personal journey, I found that people weren't sharing information with me because I was sharing nothing about myself. Of course, everybody's boring because you you have no connection. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing there. So that's awesome. an excellent way to put it. It's a bad way to go through life. Just be open connect with people. It's not going to go perfect all the time, but for the most part, you'll be a lot happier. Yeah. Look, if you're trying to go for perfection, it doesn't exist, right? We're all imperfectly perfect just the way we are. And even in marketing, I'd rather see something that's maybe a spelling error. Maybe there's someone that's trying to be able to go through because when I see perfection or overproduced content, Mm. the first thing I think of, I'm about to get pitched. Oh, it's a commercial, right? Because we've been conditioned at this point, there's always things that kind of go through. When you look at online and the marketing aspect, even when I started going through, I remember when Google ads, the first two listings on there, people clicked on them. They're like, oh, and then we all realize, and it's rare that someone goes in and clicks on the sponsored ad, right? Now, like most times they skip past it unless they're like, ah, screw this dude. I want to get, I want to make them pay $2 for the, this click. <laughs> they want you the know? product sometimes. <laughs> Or they're going through. But I mean, like a lot of times we miss that thing. We understand. And so that's the biggest thing I want everyone to think about, right? As human beings, we pick up on patterns, we pick up on sequences, and eventually we'll learn better and be able to go through. But the one thing that we don't try to outdo is being able to connect with other human beings. Mm. And when you do that online, you do that through your marketing, you do that through things, it will stand the test of time. You will create not only opportunity immediately, but legacy down the line. I agree. Well, and I think that's the perfect wrap up point. And I think we'll dive into more stuff next episode, but I love talking to you, Josh. I think your points are perfect and you sum it up in a way that makes it very simple to understand. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do. So thank you. I appreciate it, Mark. Now, where could people find out more about you and uh, gain some help on LinkedIn, maybe? Surprise. And like people can go in on LinkedIn and be able to go through and connect with me there. I do always love when someone reaches out and says, Hey, you know, I listen to Mark and this is what I love about his podcast. Don't send me just that blank connection request because I'm not playing Pokemon online. I'm not trying to collect them all. <laughs> That's what most messes most people's LinkedIn up. I want to be able to understand the person because I only get to know them, but I get to know you as well. And you and I get to build a better relationship. So that's always a great way to be able to do it, man. Find me, Joshua B. Lee on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thanks again, Josh. Really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. And please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. 
It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.